Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F dot org. Shoots and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Eight seconds left in the power play. Meyer banked it forward. Here's Leonard throwing it in front. Meyer on one knee as he fell down to the ice. Poked that shot on net. And then it's an astounding save by John Gibson. Play continues. Ferraro keeps the pressure on. Sharks moving the puck well. Here's Ferraro on the point to the right circle. And Leonard shoots. Score! First NHL goal for John Leonard. And it's a beauty. It's on the power play. The Sharks have tied it 1-1. Obviously, a, a game that we knew coming in after losing our first one that was important uh, against a team that we're trying to catch for that fourth spot, you know, and we had a couple games in hand. So it was important that we uh, sort of had a rebound game. And I didn't like our start. You know, we didn't come out with enough juice during the first few minutes. I think it had something to do with that fluky goal that went in. I thought that sort of, uh, you know, took a little... Uh, Took a little of our uh, and uh, our momentum, obviously, that we wanted to try and build their way. But I really like how we responded and and, and came back and and had a good second period, which is hasn't been very kind to us so far this season. And uh, and I like that we didn't really change the way we played at three one. We kept going after them, and uh, um, you know Jonesy made some great saves, and that's what we need: great goaltending like that every night to give ourselves a chance. And you know we won the special teams. All right, good morning, everybody. How we all doing? Waking up winners—that's always a good thing. Sharks improving to six. 6-7-1 on the year, just two points out of the final playoff spot in the NHL Honda West Division. I think the thing that really shone through to me, and I don't want to be too sports talky, but it was something that I did see. This was the game where the Sharks played like they wanted it more than the opposition. This was the game where the Sharks really seemed like they were in control and dictating the tempo and the pace of the game, even though that first 10 minutes particularly those first 60 seconds, were pretty bad. And I don't know if that was the Sharks needing a little bit of a kick in the face or whatever it took for them to get going, but it seemed like giving up that goal early and then having to take an onslaught from the Ducks where Jones came up big time and time again, that really set the pace for what was going to happen over the course of the game. And I think so much of a team's response is based on what their goalie is able to do. And I know that sounds relatively obvious because if the goalie lets in goals, then that's not going to put you in a good place. But I think the fact that Martin Jones has responded from a bad game against LA with a good game against Vegas and now a pretty good game against Anaheim really gives you the idea that he did respond, A, and B. When teammates see that response, when they see that those pucks aren't going in, when they see that Jones is making those big stops, I think that just settles down the nerves of everyone. Jones, over the past couple of years, has had a bad habit of letting in first goals, especially on the first shot he sees in games. It's something that he's gotten away from this year, but it's something that I think is in the back of Sharks players overall. So when he does give up an early goal, there is a sense of defeat. But I think that 
everyone recognized there was a defensive breakdown and then it was a fluky play in all that led to that goal and they didn't crumble in that moment. Now, Anaheim, much to their credit, they kept hammering. They were creating great opportunities. The Sharks were having a hard time getting it out of their out of their end. They couldn't seemingly control the puck. They couldn't seemingly do much of anything right except get big-time play from Martin Jones. Martin Jones was coming up with huge stop after huge stop after huge stop in that first period. I don't know if he took it personally, that goal that went in, or what it was, but he showed some great resolve, some great determination to get the Sharks out of that first period without being down further than a goal. And much to his credit, he, you know, did his job. That's what a goalie's got to do. He's got to stand there, be big, come up with the big stops, and give his team an opportunity to win. And that's exactly what he did. Even though the first goal was no fault of his own, and you feel bad for Mario Ferraro in that play because. You know, that's just the way that the game goes sometimes. The puck is going to take a bad bounce. Sometimes it goes in off of you. It happened to Mario twice on that night. But Jones came up big. The Sharks were able to take on that onslaught by the Ducks, and then they gave themselves opportunities to get back into the game. We have been waiting for a full 60-minute effort from the San Jose Sharks. We're not there yet. I know that some people might be inclined to say that they got 59 minutes of high-quality hockey last night. It wasn't 59. It was closer to 50. But this is a step in the right direction, and it's one of the things that I keep on talking about with this team. It's incremental improvement. You can't expect to fix everything at once, but you can expect and you should expect that a team that is not playing up to snuff, that they should be able to put themselves in the right direction, that they should be able to take positive steps towards being a better team. And in my opinion, that's exactly what the Sharks did last night. The power play came through with a goal and was looking better overall. And I think that's something that they might have to change up going forward is splitting up Burns and Carlson because when you had Burns as the quarterback on that power play, Everything looked a bit more calm. It looked a bit more cohesive. Everyone looked like they were a little bit more comfortable with their roles. They were creating more opportunities. They were doing things, quote unquote, the right way. So that's something to pay attention to. Another thing to pay attention to is the Sharks have now put together a string of games where the second period is not just absolutely abysmal. Last night, like everybody on Twitter, I tweeted out to say, hey, everyone's racing to Twitter to say that is the best second period the Sharks have played so far this year. And that's what you want to see. Uh, you can never be too late into you a year to have your best opportunity, to have your best showing, no matter what time frame it is. And the Sharks did put forth a really, really good effort in that second period. They got two big goals. They gave themselves a 3-1 lead after falling behind early, and it came during that second period when I'm sure the guys all know that they have not been up to snuff. I, I loved it. Honestly, I really, really loved what I was seeing from the Sharks because they were controlling things. The Ducks were responding to them. Too often this year, even when the Sharks have been the aggressors, particularly in some very hot first periods, they haven't been the team that's really dictating the tempo. They've been the team that's more aggressive, but it still seems like they have been reactionary to the opposition. Last night, you saw the Sharks creating opportunities. You saw them being very, very good on the forecheck, and we saw that with that top line and Kevin LeBanc going in there and creating opportunities, trying to get those uh, offensive zone things happening and get, get turning the puck over to give the Sharks a good opportunity. You know, I just, I, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see these opportunities being created on the forecheck, and then once you get the puck back in the O zone, they were able 
to create opportunities by maintaining possession. It wasn't just one and done. It wasn't just a flail and then sprint back on defense. This was sustained possession. These were sustained looks. These were sustained opportunities with better passing and overall just a little bit more of a simplified game. And that's another thing we've been talking about, right, is the Sharks need to simplify, simplify, simplify. I felt like that was something that was occurring last night. As opposed to going for the cute plays, as opposed to trying to just kind of play out of your head, it seemed like the guys went for the more sure passes. It seemed like guys went for the the better looks in terms of throwing pucks to the net. And I understand that when you have two uh, you know, kind of replacement D-men in there in for Shimek and Carlson, you're going to get a lot more pucks coming in from the point. I don't have a problem with that because you know what you're going to get. I think that part of the chemistry that we've seen is you don't know exactly what you're going to get from Carlson and Burns. We know Burns is going to look to shoot, but I think sometimes he worries about his game and how it's complementing Carlson on the power play. But I thought that a lack of chemistry overall was evident uh, by you know the, the backup D-men there, but as the game went on, things looked more comfortable. Things looked like it was more on the same level, on the same page, and it really allowed the Sharks to take steps forward to put forth a really good effort. One of the big things I was looking at in this game was going to see how everyone was going to respond without Eric Carlson. And I don't mean that in the sense that, you know, if the team was going to be better, I think people trying to say that the Sharks are better without Eric Carlson. I I don't know what you're talking about or what world you're watching. Yes, I acknowledge that Carlson has not been up to snuff. Eric Carlson at 75% of his capable game is still better than most players in the NHL. So losing Carlson out of the lineup is always going to be a bad thing. But It's one less piece of talent that was out there on the ice for the Sharks. And I liked the fact that you had guys like Kevin LeBanc, 25 years old, John Leonard, 22 years old, Mario Ferraro, 22 years old. Those guys, the younger guys stepping up, that's something that needs to happen more and more and more. And I understand that LeBanc has been with this team for a while and that he got you know, good payday and his numbers haven't been up to snuff in the minds of some. And I'm sure that he's wanted more production out of himself. I think that like we heard about, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, his production has not been on par with what he's been doing. And I mean that it just hasn't been reflective of what he's been doing, but I do like the fact that you have these young guys stepping up and making things happen. And even Timo Meyer, who's 24 years old, which I think people need to be reminded of, He is still developing his game into what he's going to be over the course of his NHL career. He had a good game. He was trying to make things happen. He was playing stronger. He earned a great penalty by just holding on to the puck and using his body. I want more of these young guys putting the onus on themselves. And I think there's been a sense that the team is waiting for Eric Carlson to do things or the team is waiting for Evander Kane or the team is waiting for whoever it's going to be. Any of these established big name players that are on the team. And I understand that is their job. That is why these guys are getting paid. That is why they have been consistent producers in the NHL. They get the paycheck because they've done it in the past. But I want to see the younger players on the Sharks team produce. And I think the fact that we got that from Jonathan Leonard, I think the fact that we got that from Mario Ferraro setting up his former collegiate teammates on the goal and getting the assist I want to see that more and more often. And I understand that that is a relatively simple take. Yes, Ted, of course you'd like to see more production. No, I want it specifically from the younger guys because I think the expectation needs to be it doesn't matter if you're new here. We're putting you out here on the ice because we think you can play. 
If we think you can play, that means we think and need you to be a contributor on a night-to-night basis. And I understand that's not always going to be the case, but I think that you immediately see the physical capabilities of a guy like Leonard, and you see that that gives him an advantage on the ice, and they have to figure out, and he has to figure out, a way to maximize that. You've seen Dylan Gambrell. He put on pounds over the offseason. He's been stronger. He's been better on the puck. He's not been getting pushed off as easily. We need more production from him. He needs to continue to step his game up. And I think it will come. But it was interesting to me that this came in a game without Eric Carlson. Because I I do believe that it happens. And I'm not trying to put this in the negative frame. But I think guys look at a guy like Eric Carlson and they think that he will get it done. And that's probably undue pressure on him. But you can't wait for Eric Carlson to be 100% Eric Carlson. Or you can't wait for Logan Couture to just take care of business game after game like he is doing. Or you can't wait for Tomas Hurdle. Or you can't wait for Evander Kane. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't doing their job because overall I think the offense has looked better as of late. I'm just saying that these guys who are not as experienced in the NHL, the guys who are still in prove-it mode, need to play like they are in prove-it mode. Jonathan Leonard got sent down to the American League after having a pretty nice start in the NHL to this season because he was looking a bit inconsistent. That was something that he focused on at the American League level, being consistent out there on the ice, puck possession, things of that nature. He came back and he showed that and he improved his game and produced. That needs to be more of the mentality that we see across the board from the Sharks team. And I don't mean that guys are going to get sent down in every situation because that obviously doesn't make sense. But guys need to get it through their head that they need to make these small improvements. However small the improvement is, it is an improvement. Martin Jones is a prime example. He had one of his worst games of the year in game two against LA. And in the game since, he has responded big time. Two of the goals that he gave up against Las Vegas were not on him. The two goals that he gave up last night against Anaheim were not on him. That is the response you want to see. Another area of improvement for the San Jose Sharks last night was they only spent two minutes in the box. Timo Meyer got a pretty weak call, but that's how it goes sometimes. But that means that Evander Kane stayed out of the box. And that's something we're going to talk about on the other side. But Bugner told him specifically, hey, you got to stay out of the box. You can't take these bad penalties. It's killing our momentum. The Sharks' penalty kill has not been as good as of late, but they've also been taking penalties left and right, and they've been out there a pretty remarkable amount of time. You're going to gas yourself if you're always on the penalty kill, and that's what's happened in some of these bad performances for the Sharks. Or you can't go on the kill moments into the game like we've seen happen in recent games. You're going to put yourself in a bad space. This allowed the Sharks to give themselves that fighting chance. They were not constantly at a deficit and playing a man down out there on the ice. They played a cleaner, more reserved, more simple game, but the result was a better game that allowed them to maintain consistency, allowed them to have greater puck possession, allowed them to be more aggressive, allowed them to play a better game along the boards. I mean, everything you saw out of the Sharks last night, I think was what we've been waiting for every single game of the year. That's not to say that they haven't had good games or that some games they've played well and haven't been rewarded, but I think last night was that game where it looked like the Sharks were in control after conceding early. They were able to wipe that from memory, 
found the equalizer before the period was done and were able to take control in that second period. And even up 3-1, we've seen this from the Sharks earlier in the year, right? They've had two or nothing leads and let them slip away, I believe, on three different occasions. But this was a two-goal lead after the second period or into the second period when they go up 3-1, and they were still keeping their foot down on the gas. They were still coming at the opposition, creating opportunities, trying to pour on more goals, and they played with confidence, and they played with continuing aggression and confidence as they continued to make those opportunities. It was a positive feedback loop. They were playing well because they were creating opportunities, and they were feeling good about what they were doing. That, in turn, created more opportunities. Confidence begets confidence. Opportunity begets opportunity on the ice. And another reason this was a big game and important to get two points out of is now they go out onto the road. Thursday night, they're going to be in St. Louis taking on a very good Blues team. And then on Saturday, it's the Blues again. Then they got a couple days off, and they're back at it on Thursday, playing host to Vegas. Then they get a night off. And then they're hosting St. Louis. And then we're into the month of March. And this is where things start getting home heavy. But then you play Monday the 1st against Colorado. Wednesday the 3rd against Colorado. Friday, Saturday, the 5th and 6th, home against Vegas. The 8th, home against St. Louis. Then you get three days off before you go out on the road against Anaheim. And then you have two at Vegas. Then you're back home for two versus St. Louis two versus LA, back out on the road, two versus Arizona, then back home to finish the month of March versus the Wild, two at home. There are 17 games for the Sharks in the month of March. 11 of them are at home. The Sharks are coming off their most complete effort of the year. It's time for them to continue on these steps forward and turn into a team that's able to take advantage of this home-heavy schedule. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. Light Mountain Cold Refreshment made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. And now moving up to center ice with LeBanc. LeBanc gets the puck, protects it, comes across the line, put it off at Anaheim, skate to Kane, who cycles, throws the puck toward the net from the blue line, knocked down LeBanc, rebound, and point blank range, it turned at him, he centers, he scores! The first opportunity for Kevin LeBanc, kind of turned on him and he put it wide, but he kept going and he played the inboard carom and banked it from behind the goal line, past Gibson, Kevin LeBanc makes it 2-1 Sharks with a spectacular finish. Very important. I think that, you know, he's he's expected to uh, provide offense for us. I think that he plays on that top line against t- other teams' top lines most night. And uh, so he's got to be good in his own end as well. But, you know, Bankers, Bankers played very well as of late, and he hasn't had a lot to show for it when it comes to, uh, you know, the stat line. And it's nice to see him get paid off tonight. Um, he had another chance there as well. Um, he's just been hunting pucks. He's been hungry on, uh, on the forecheck. And um, it's nice to see him uh, get some results because, uh, you know, I think his play has been better than his stat line. Bank- Anchor and Boogie bringing us back in on this Tuesday morning after the Sharks down Anaheim by a final of 3-2 to two last night. LeBanc's production has not been up to snuff in terms of the numbers that are being produced. We can all agree with that. However, I think two things can equally be true. 
he is also not being rewarded with the opportunities that he is creating with the shots he's taking. I think LeBanc has been much, much better as of late. It's just unfortunate that that production isn't there. So to see it come through, that's got to be happening more and more and more now, right? You have got to see LeBanc be more aggressive. I'm hoping that if anything, the Sharks take away from that game last night against Anaheim is that they need to be more aggressive, is that they need to be the team that kind of pushes things, that makes things happen on the ice. Because I think that was what we saw. And I think there's no greater example of that than LeBanc taking that shot off of the back of Gibson. That is a gutsy, risky move, but he did it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh... It definitely felt good being on the score sheet and uh, scoring that goal. I mean, uh, you're, you're just working hard every day and you, you want to see yourself get rewarded, but it'll come. You just got to stick with the process and just stick with it. And uh, yeah, I just, I saw like my one shot, it kind of tipped off uh, one of the defensive players uh, stick and it went in the corner, but I saw Gibson, he, he kind of, it took, it took him a little bit of time to get back in that, so I, I just wanted to shoot it off him, and, you know, yeah, luck, lucky enough, it went in. Now, I don't think that is lucky at all. I think that Kevin LeBanc is a professional and took the shot that he saw, and I think that when you're not getting rewarded with your more conventional play, you might think to yourself, well, screw it. I might as well just try this here and see if something happens, and seeing if something happens is the way sometimes that you are rewarded. And LeBanc talked about the way he has been grinding to get results and get production. I've been coming to work every day. I've been working hard, keeping playing a simple game, you know, chipping it in, getting on the four check, turning the puck over offensively. You just got to keep doing that. You can't let uh, your emotions get the best of you. And uh, you got to learn to stay calm under pressure. And this is something that I'm learning in uh, these uh, years that I've played in the NHL. So there's a lot of games ahead of us and the goals will start coming. You just got to keep a consistent game. Now, the forecheck was a big part of the offensive opportunities that the Sharks were creating in the second period, particularly LeBanc, Cooch, and Kane. Here's Bugner on the forecheck. Cooch is, Cooch is obviously, um, you know, been burying his chances, and, and, and Kaner's been getting some chances. But uh, if you watch that line over the last, uh, you know, few games, even against Vegas, uh, the two games against LA, I thought the banker's been the guy that's, uh, um, you know, he, he's, he's causing a lot of turnovers, and he's hustling away from the puck. Uh, which is important. He's working on his defensive game. And, uh, um, you know, so he's he, he's helping uh, create chances for that line. And, and Cooch has been a benefactor of that. And, um, you know, so I, I, I really, you know, I've, I've liked his game, but I want him to produce, of course. And uh, tonight for him to produce, that was a huge goal he scored. Another big one out of last night is the power play. Burns was controlling things. He was the quarterback. The puck was moving through him. He was dictating things, and it appeared to yield a more cohesive power play. This is what Bugner offered. I liked it. I liked it. I think that uh, um, we had good possession time. Uh, we didn't rush our uh, rush our shots. We, uh, um, you know, we were selective on where we were shooting from, and you know, we get to tire them out a little bit. I thought that. Uh, um, you know, great to see Johnny Leonard get his first goal there off the flank. I thought that, uh, um, you know, we want to be a more of an attack mode. And I thought that we had a, a much different look, obviously, with Burnsy up top. I think that, uh, you know, the penalty cutters have to respect that big shot up there. And, and that opens up the flanks a little bit. So uh, it was a different look for us. Um, you know, one that I thought that uh, probably one of the better ones of the year. 
Now, I have no clue what Bob Bugner is going to do going forward, but I do think that there is something to be said about splitting up Burns and Carlson on the power play. I think that would give them more of a unique look, and I think that Burns is most effective when he is leading things. I think there's a little bit too much of a back and forth between he and Carlson sometimes on the power play, so it'll be interesting to see if this leads to an adjustment overall in terms of the power play, but it's good overall just to get production out of that because, again, you give up the goal early and you know you're at a deficit. Not only do you have Jones standing on his head in the early part of the period, or maybe not standing on his head, but coming up with big-time saves, that's something you can build confidence around. Then you get a power play goal later in the period, and it's also involving one of your young players who's back up from the AHL. The message got through, made improvements to his game, and now is coming through in a big-time moment. Let's not doubt the fact that the Sharks needed that goal because that period had all the makings of a game that was going to get away from them. When you give up a goal in the literal opening minute of the game, that's bad. There, there, there doesn't need to be a long discussion about that. And the Ducks responded immediately to that early lead and kept on pouring it on, coming at the Sharks with wave after wave after wave. But Jones and the Sharks stood tall in the moment. Leonard got the game-tying goal. And then the second period was all Sharks. Their best second period of the year by far. Two goals to none. They go up 3-1. That would be enough for them to hold on for the win. Here's Bugner on that second period. Yeah, you know, we, we weren't happy with our game. It's 1-1 after after one. And, and you know, I came in and I said, like, nobody should be happy in this room. Way too many turnovers, way too many chances against. Guys standing around, no physicality. You know, we talked about our structure and our details and, and how we get how to get back to that. And uh, um, you could tell we were a different period. We are a different team in the second period. And, uh, you know, that's what I liked. We realized that, you know, hey, we got to get better. And uh, we got back to basics, really. We really did. And, uh, you know, that's that's what helped us. And I think it's easy, you know, when, when guys have success, when the team has success and, and we're practicing what we preach. And, and, we, and we, we've we been 14 games now and, and training camp and, uh, you know, a lot of video. So it should be uh, it should be coming second nature. And, you know, tonight was there were some great examples of that. And the fact that Ferraro didn't let his game get away from him after having that rough start and being involved in knocking the puck into his own net, I think that was a big part, too, because... Ferraro was a little bit shaky during the first period, but he responded with a really big-time second period, and that's what you needed across the board, and that's, I feel like, what the Sharks got. They were able to forget about those first 10 minutes, they walked out of the first period with a tie, and then they came out strong in the second period as a result of not getting rattled. Ferraro in particular. Yeah, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he, he's been playing as top lines uh, uh, most of the year. And uh, it's easy. It's easy to get rattled as a young guy. And and, and Merrill's one of those guys that he's just uh, um, he's he's got the ability to put things behind him, you know. And again, he's you know, he has a job to do. He played against that Raquel line all night. And, uh, you know, and you could tell um, how he could take took time and space away off of that line. And uh, it's just it's good to see him regroup. It's good to see him not get rattled. And, uh, you know, look who's out there at the end of the game when we need a big, uh, you know, a big play defensively it's Mario yeah he had two instances on the night in which he was involved in knocking the puck into his own net it didn't rattle him like he said he was out there at the end of the game making big time defensive plays and that's what you love to see it's also what I love to see 
from the young guys because it's important to me that these younger players are coming through, that Bob Bugner is empowering them, is letting them to be key contributors, and is overall putting them in a position to succeed. I, I think it was huge for the Sharks last night that you had young guys contributing, you had veterans contributing, you had everyone across the board contributing, and that's why it led to one of their most complete games of the year. I think you can take take away the first uh, first 10 minutes maybe. I thought that uh, uh, we were sloppy and, and uh, you know, I thought that goal affected us. And But, you know, I like that how we didn't change our style of play for the for the rest of the game. Even when we were up 3-1, we didn't sit back. Even when it was 3-2, uh, we still produced chances. And, uh, you know, we made some big defensive plays and, you know, Jonesy made some big saves. So um, that's all part of it. I mean, uh, um, there's gonna, every game's tough. There's no easy games. And uh, um, it was good to respond. We needed this win before we, uh, you know, before we get on the road here to uh, another tough building in St. Louis. And here's what it's going to take in St. Louis. They are going to need to get good goaltending from whoever is in front of the net. Dubnik was back in the backup role last night, so hopefully that means that he is on the other side. Now, you know, they didn't start him for a reason. Maybe that's because they felt Jones was good, or maybe they didn't feel Dubnik was ready for 60 minutes. I don't know the answer. Either way, it's good to have that depth. But Jones has been playing better, and that's huge. But you're also going to need the power play, which has looked better as of late, and you're also going to need a full 60 minutes of contribution from everybody out there. And the Sharks got 50 minutes in this most recent game, and overall the second period has been trending in the right direction. So the Sharks are finding themselves at a point that we've seen them a few other times in this year where it looks like they're ready to take that next step forward. They haven't been able to do it. They haven't been able to win those back-to-back games. They haven't really been able to give themselves a whole lot of momentum. But right now, they're coming off a win in which we can say is their closest to a complete effort of the year. And they're going to take on one of the best teams in the NHL, a team that's towards the top of the division with Vegas. And they get to see just how good they are. They get to see just how much they've learned, how far they've come from the start of the year, how far they've come from when they played the Blues earlier in the year because they had a good series against St. Louis and they arguably should have won two games. That first game, they have a 2-0 lead early, they score four goals, they win the special teams battle, and they lost. It was the most angry Bob Bugner we've seen all year after the game and he was rightfully ticked off. Next game after that, the Sharks get a huge performance from Martin Jones, who goes head-to-head with Bennington. The two of them both had incredible nights. Jones stopped them all in the shootout. Sharks get the shootout win, and the team moves on from there. But they didn't get played off the ice, right? I mean, that happened a little bit in that series against Colorado, but certainly not in the series against St. Louis. And while we're looking at the other top teams in the division, it didn't happen against Vegas either. So I don't think the Sharks are that far off based on what we've seen so far. And if they continue to trend in the right direction like it seems they are, then I think they'll have a good series against St. Louis. But too many times it's only felt like they're trending in the right direction. They have not been able to put together a consistent string of quality games. That is the test now against a quality opponent. All right, we are out of time. That wraps it up for this morning's edition of Morning Tide for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.